the more designers enter these competitions and use these freelancing sites to bid for projects, the more clients are going to think that that's how the process works. We are training them that way. And I don't mean me and you. I mean we as a whole, as designers who are using these sites, we're training them that that's how it works. And so, of course, they're going to think that. And, of course, they're going to think that that's how they can get a good design because why not? This is a hugely successful site. If it says I can get a logo for $5, I can get a logo for $5. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design inside projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. Today we're going to talk about a bit of a hot topic in the design world, in the freelancing world at least, and that is websites that allow you to bid or compete for freelance jobs. This is often a way that people get started with freelance projects or earning money online I suppose because it all seems well and good to start with, uh, that you can bid for a project, a client will post a brief online and you can put your pitch in and name your price. And they'll generally pick the lowest one. Sometimes they'll pick the best quality one. Not always the case. Or you can, a client can post a brief and a bunch of different designers can complete it, send in the work, and the client picks the best one. Now, as I'm sure you can tell from my tone, Fem and I both have some opinions on this way of working that we're going to discuss. Right, Fem? Yeah, I think we both do have some opinions on this, so it should be a good show. I'm looking forward to it. First though, how has your week been? You know, I'm trying to learn from my mistake from a couple of weeks ago when I went away and didn't quite have everything side project related prepared as much as I would like to. And I'm going away again uh, next week, I think, to the UK actually, to your land. I can't Uh, see you. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm speaking at Reasons 2, which is a conference down in Brighton. And because I'm going away again, I'm trying really hard this time to actually get on top and ahead of my projects. So I'm currently trying to get some blog posts, you know, in the queue and also, you know, work on my upcoming newsletters as well so that I still have content to put out. So trying really hard to get ahead this time. That's awesome. Well done. It's important to, I don't think it was a mistake what you did last time, but it's important to learn from those things and realize that maybe you could have made it easier on yourself. Yeah. With that extra effort beforehand. Yeah, I think it was just a bit poor planning beforehand, so trying to be better at it this time. Yeah, makes sense. Well, I'm spending my week at the YouTube space in London, which has been really exciting so far. We're about halfway through the YouTube Next Up Creator Camp that I mentioned in last week's episode. So that's a week where we're getting lots of production advice and, yeah, learnings about our content strategy and things, thinking about YouTube in a more of a uh, a serious way, I suppose, like upping the production value of the quality of the like video itself, but also of the type of content that we're putting out. It's been really good so far. I'm absolutely loving it. That's so cool. I'm really looking forward to seeing, like I assume you're going to do some kind of vlog or recap of the week? Yeah, and also they've tasked us with a production challenge to create a video using the YouTube space because there's lots of studios there and lighting equipment, etc. And they've asked us to make a video that we wouldn't normally make so that pushes our boundaries a little bit. So I'm planning on doing something with the green screen because I did a bit of that back in university. 
Cool. I don't know how it will go, but yeah, going to try. That's super cool. I'm sure that you'll take away like so much from that week being there and learning all those awesome things. Yeah, for sure. So I'm actually quite interested to hear your point of view on today's topic because I personally haven't participated in these sorts of freelancing websites before, but I know that you have at least once or only once, I think you you mentioned. Twice, but it was both on the same site and it was sort of around the same time. This was, I think it was Design Crowd that I used. There's a couple, there's like Design Crowd, 99designs, Fiverr, I'm sure there's more, but you know, the less we say those names, the better. (laughs) Uh, Basically, I wanted to earn some more money pretty much for an upcoming overseas trip. And I was like, okay, I can do design. I can do these projects online. Let's do this. You know, other people do this all the time. One of them, so I went on and saw a bunch of clients had listed, you know, things that they wanted designed. I didn't want to take on anything too big, like a huge branding project, because I didn't believe that that was the way to go about it, but I thought I could do some smaller things on there and it would be okay, like simple layout jobs. Someone wanted me to lay out their CV, so I uh, bidded for that, like put your pitch in, basically where you talk about uh, yourself as a designer and your talents, I suppose, and like why they should choose you, which let's go into that later. But um, they, my bid was selected. I did the CV design and that one went okay. The person did come back later on wanting amendments made and because, I don't know, it wasn't a good client process. So I'd done the layout in InDesign thinking that it was just like a one final thing that they wanted. Like there was no specifications of it had to be editable or anything like that. So that meant she came back to me wanting changes and I charged her to make those. So I'm glad I did that. Um, that one wasn't too bad. But in, then the second one that was like my final straw with these sites, I someone wanted... Basically something they're drawn, vectorized to use as a logo. That's what the brief said anyway. And so I did this, took, you know, did that bidding process again or whatever, and they picked me. Uh, I took the drawing and vectorized it, made, you know, cleaned it up, whatever, did what the brief seemed to be asking, sent it in, and they wanted a bunch of changes, you know, to this logo as, you know, that's what they wanted to use it for, was for a logo. And the changes was like getting way out of scope and the sites all have quite like a strict process in place, like of where you upload the files and things, Mm -hmm. but the client seems to have all of the power. So I did a couple of these changes and I uploaded like the final version and the client was like, nope, still don't like it. This hasn't answered my brief. And he ticked that box, which meant that I didn't get paid for any of the stuff I did for him. And he got the file, I think, so he could be using that right now without, you know, but because he said that it wasn't what he wanted, it, yeah, it didn't get paid for it. And that really put me off those sites and the whole thing, not just the not getting paid, but the whole process itself. And I'm sure that I'm not alone in in finding that uh, way of working, you know, you try it out hoping for the best and realize, yeah. It's not great. So I won't be using those sites again because I don't believe in the process that they entail. I'm I'm curious to know your reasons for not using it. Like, obviously, totally understand why you wouldn't want to. But what was your reasoning like back when – have you ever been tempted back when you were, you know, starting out or, or whatever? You know, I'm still tempted these days. Even Really? Like, yeah, like a couple of days ago, I stumbled upon one that looked good. Like, it looked really promising, but – 
you know, I try to remind myself that all of them look that way. You know, you don't really see what is behind the curtain, I guess, until you're in there. And it is tempting because, you know, they promise you like great work, great clients, like money, whatever, all those great things. But in my experience, well, my non-experience, but my experience of hearing from others, like your story and a couple of my other designer friends' stories, is that it's just not worth it. Like, the the amount of effort that goes into it and the fact that you have to bid, just, I think, personally, that goes so much against my, like, morals as a designer that I just don't feel comfortable putting myself in that position no matter how desperate I am for work. Yeah, that's the thing. There is a difference between the design competition side and the bidding side. And the reason I went for, like, decided to try one of these sites out was because I thought, like, oh, this is good. Like, I don't believe in design competitions where, like, 99 designers will submit a logo and then the client picks the best one. That's not how design should work. So I definitely haven't participated in that. But I thought, oh, with this bidding process... It's basically like they're hiring you, so, you know, this is just how they happen to have come across your site, so it makes sense. This will be absolutely fine. But I think what the problem is, is the type of clients who use these sites. Like, the bidding process itself is, I think, a bit degrading and doesn't make for the best relationship, but it's the idea that the client just wants to pick any generic designer who will do the design for the lowest price you know that idea that the client who's looking for that type of work is not the type of client that I want to be working with so I guess that's the main reason why I avoid those sites now so I mean this might be a bit of a dumb question but is that what the bidding is about is about bidding the lowest price or is it also like bidding your skills kind of thing well I think that it's I mean it's up to the client and what they're looking for But because they don't know you, and yes, they can click a link and look at your portfolio, but they haven't been, for example, in the episode where we talked about attracting clients, they haven't been brought in by your content Mm -hmm. marketing. They haven't been looking for a specific uh, type of design or their specific niche and come across your site because you're marketing yourself as the designer for this. You know, they don't have any reason to respect you pretty much. They can look at your portfolio and see the type of work you've done. But apart from that, unless they really want to dig in and do their research, which I, I I suppose I should give them the benefit of the doubt, they could do that. The information is there. You know, they can follow from your website and check out your links and things. But I think that generally when a client uses these sites, they're wanting something cheap and they're wanting something fast. So that's the information they get is, okay, I've done this type of work before. I can do it for you for this price. So they're going to pick the best quote unquote value for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. So I guess what's in it for the client is like finding someone that is like super cheap. Like it sounds like the thing they're most interested in is just finding someone who's willing to do the work at a low price, I guess, which, you know, I have to ask myself, like, is that the type of client that I want and the type of client that I want to be working for? And, you know, to be honest, it's not really. And that's not to say that I want to work for a client that wants the most expensive price, but I just want to work for a client that values design and values me, you know, like they they choose me because 
they've seen my work and they may have followed me along for a little while. And like we talked about in that attracting clients episode, all of those things that sort of attract them to come and choose me as the designer to work on their project, I'd much rather work for that type of client than just someone who's looking, you know, for whoever will do it for cheap. Exactly. I think that when you use these sites, or at least this is how I felt, is that you are a, how do I word this? You're just the person operating the computer, you know? You're there to just act on what they say and make those changes that they've said or whatever. That's what they're expecting is you to do exactly what they've said. Whereas in a proper client-designer relationship where there's a bit more back and forth, you can do a lot more research into things. That's another topic. Let's go into that in a sec. But you can discuss with them the brief and you know then submit a reverse brief to them and be like, okay, this is what I think you need based on your problem. This is the solution I'm going to offer. Whereas on these sites, they come to you with a solution, if that makes sense. So they already know exactly what type of design they're looking for. And you have to complete that. So I think that you're treated much more as a skilled professional, skilled creative when the client comes to you through other means than, you know, selecting you from a long list of other people who have put bids in on a site. Yeah, it sounds like you don't get as much creative freedom, which, you know, as a as a designer and a creative, I want that creative freedom because that's what helps me grow as a designer and grow into bigger projects and that kind of stuff. And it also sounds like from these sites that, it's often like the client who determines the process. So I guess each time you get a new project through those sites, you have to adapt your own process to fit this client's process. And that to me just sounds like so exhausting and so much work. If every time you're doing a project, you have to adapt your process to whatever the client's process is. Yeah, there's no like sending them a questionnaire to fill out or anything like that. Yeah. They'd probably be like, why are you making me do the work? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I don't think that, I mean, I should say all this, that I haven't obviously tried out every single freelancing site out there, but in general, this is my experience of how they work. And if one wanted to come along that could have equal value for the creatives and the clients, that could be really beneficial. Like you said, you were tempted by one the other day, Femme. I guess, is that because it would be a way to... get your name in front of clients I suppose so that they could then uh, reach out to you to work on a project is that kind of what you were after yeah it's a way for me to like put my name out a little bit more I guess Mm. which you know I don't I don't have those feelings that often and I only sort of have those feelings when I wouldn't say I'm at a point of desperation, but I'm at a point of where I'm willing to try other avenues or or other things to see if I can up the amount of client work that I do. And those being one of the ways, I guess, that I was considering for like 10 seconds. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the thing is that, I mean, I think that every designer would consider it. We didn't ask that poll on Twitter and I kind of wish we had now, but I want to bring in a question we did ask. We asked if any of our listeners had ever bid for a job on a freelancing site or taken part in one of those, you know, design logo competitions. And 42% said, yes, they have. So I think it is very common to take part in this. We then went on to have a discussion with quite a few listeners, and it seems like the unanimous opinion was if they did experience it, it wasn't worth it for them. And if they haven't, it's because they don't believe that freelancing sites value design. 
So I think a lot of us are on the same page with this. Of course, if anyone listening does not believe that, we definitely want to hear from you. So reach out to us on Twitter at DesignLifeFM. This is good to talk about. What do you think of sites? Like I've seen a couple popping up lately where they they list freelancers, uh, but there's no sort of bidding process. Like it just lists like here are these freelancers and here are their day rates or project rates or whatever. And, you know, this is a way that you can get in touch with that particular person if you want to work work with them. Okay, so the idea of a directory of freelancers, I'm not against. I think that's great because that's a repository where clients can go and find, you know, to look for designers who are going to suit their task. Basically, it's like using Google, except uh, it doesn't rely on the designer's uh, Google ranking, you know, yeah. to come across them. But the idea of listening your day rates or your project rates, I have a problem with. Um, have we done an episode about pricing? I'm not sure if we have. But I don't think so. But you and I both believe in pricing based on value, right? So we want to individualize the price that we charge depending on the client and what they're after. It's not about just the number of hours you do. It's about the value that the client's going to get out of the project as well. So I don't believe in charging a set like project rate or day rate for that reason. But apart from that, a site like that sounds good. Is it possible to list on one of those without putting rates in? I don't know. I mean, I guess what every client wants to know or what is at the forefront of their mind is, you know, how much is this going to cost me? Exactly. Finding a directory that doesn't list their rates, I've yet to come across one. But there might be. I'm not sure. Mm, It's unfortunate because if you're in that situation and – competing I suppose as it technically is if you're they're trying to pick you out of a number of other freelancers listed next to your name and if you came back to the client and said well I need to know more about your project before I can give you a price here's a questionnaire to fill out you know your normal process as we talked about in our onboarding episode and then the other freelancer next to you is saying yep it'll cost you this much Mm. the type of client who is just looking for the easy option is going to go for the one that has already given the price Whereas when you attract the client to you and they're already brought in through your content marketing, et cetera, they're going to be more invested in you and know that they already are interested in working with you on a project. So they're going to be more willing to go through that process so that you can uh, work out how much value they're going to get from it in order to price the project for them. They'll be more willing to go through that questionnaire process, I think. That's just a hunch though, but what do you think? Yeah, I think for me when I'm considering whether it's worth going on these sites or whatever is all of that time that goes into the bidding process and like selling yourself and whatever I would much rather spend that time you know like we've talked about a lot attracting clients and putting that time and resource and energy and effort into myself and growing as a designer putting content out there helping people attracting clients and all of that time that that would be spent on bidding, I just, I can't see that as being valuable time. That just sounds like such a waste of time to me. I don't know. You've nailed it on the head there, I think. Absolutely. That time that you can, you can put that time into getting projects in other ways. So through content marketing. Well, and getting better projects. Yeah, totally. It, there's just, it's not a good way to spend your time, I don't think. Those two that I mentioned that I have done through one of those bidding freelance sites, I can't even remember how many I bidded for aside from those, you know, I didn't get everything that I put my name out there for. 
Yeah. And so that wasted a lot of my time thinking about the brief, thinking like deciding if it was something for me, even just reading through all the briefs on the site, you know, and selecting the ones I was going to apply for. If we had to break it down, let's say you, I don't know, applied for 10 and got one and maybe the money that you made from that one project like paid off the time and effort and energy for that one project. But what about the nine other that you had spent, you know, time and effort and energy researching and didn't get? Who's going to pay for that time? Like, Yeah, and then perhaps the 20 others that you read the briefs of and thought about and decided not to apply for, you know, when you were searching through for the good briefs to find. Because I think the quality of briefs on these freelancing sites are not good also. There is gems in, in the rough or whatever the saying is. There can be good ones. But for the most part, it's someone going, need logo for dry cleaning business. <laughs> And that's all the information that you get, cool. you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that doesn't surprise me, right? Like though those clients probably don't have much or any experience working with designers before. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't be on that website. And so you're probably going to get a client that really doesn't know how, how your design process works or what the most efficient or effective way is of working with you. Yeah, and they'll... The reason they're putting that brief is not because they purposely want to be annoying. It's because they think that's all you need to know. They're like, yep, this is what I need. So go ahead, designer, and make this for me. <laughs> because the site sort of encourages that in a way. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it's it's great. What about design competitions? Like, I know why I don't think it's good for a client to get a logo based on picking it out of 99 others. Do you think we can explain, just in case anyone listening doesn't see why that's a bad thing? You know, it amazes me how, like, clients put out their briefs as competitions still. like Still, a, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Huge companies too. Yeah. Companies that definitely can afford it, like, can afford, you know, paying one freelancer to do a really good solid amount of work. Like, a close friend of mine just the other week got an email from a client about, you know, wanting this thing made. Uh, you know, it's a really great opportunity. We love your skills. We've seen your site. You know, whatever, like, greasing him up. And uh, then, you know, like, the, the bottom bottom line is like, oh, you know, and uh, we'll select the best one and, and give you this much money or whatever. And, like, he was ready to throw his computer out the window, like, First of all, it's for the designer to set the price, not the client. And also, like, that just so goes against his and, and my morals of, like, just asking these designers to do free work in the chance that they might get, like, $1,000. And, of course, you know, not to forget the opportunity for your work to, like, be in this great place and all the exposure that you're going to get and blah, blah, blah. It just seems so unethical to me. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's just not how the design process should work. And designers shouldn't be expected to do that sort of thing. You know, to spend time working on a brief and answering it, to send it in in the hopes of getting paid, when you could have been spending that time, like we said before, doing content marketing and getting your name out there in other ways to bring clients in who will want to pay you for the time and effort that you're putting into the designs. It just... It, there's no benefit to design competitions at all for designers. And when I say design competitions here, because I think some people might have got confused on Twitter, I am meaning those, you know, answering briefs competitions. There's other things like awards competitions that is a whole different, you know, uh, thing to talk about. But 
yeah, for this purposes of this episode, we are talking about competitions to complete design work that a company will then use the winner as, you know, answering their brief. And that's just not how the design process should work. I think a big reason why I have an issue with this too is that you don't always know all the information from the brief. With a design competition, you have to, you get given the information that they think you need and that's it. You go ahead and create. There's no back and forth. There's no research presenting a mood board to the client perhaps and checking you're on the right path, you know, aligning your both your thoughts about this brief and seeing which direction you'll go in. There's none of that, right? It's just you take the brief and you do something for it and then they pick yours or they pick someone else's and you don't get a chance to refine it or improve it, make iterations. It just seems like such a broken way of working and it doesn't seem like the quality of design the client will get out of it as well is going to be good because it's it's a bit of a gamble for them too, hoping that someone out of this lot will understand what they were going for in the brief because not all clients are good at writing briefs as we talked about in the onboarding episode, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a gamble for them too because if none of these designers get it quite right, do they then just have to pick one of the winners? Because I think on some of these like 99design sites, they do pick our winner perhaps then they're allowed to work with a designer to make small tweaks to it I'm not sure but yeah just it's just not the way to get good design it's not the way for designers to work so I just don't like them at all yeah I I struggle with it too I mean I don't know why you would sign up to that sort of competition and and create this piece of work on the chance that you might get whatever the sum of money is or the exposure that they're promising or whatever like at the end of the day that doesn't put food on your table that doesn't pay your bills and that doesn't give you any appreciation for the work that you do and the work that you put in and you know like sometimes you see design competitions that are like uh you know like sort of more public facing uh maybe they're run by like the council or something like that Uh, but when you get these sort of competitions that come from a client personally I just think how greedy they must be like expecting all these like designers to do this free work for them so that they get the privilege of just being able to pick and choose from one and only pay that one person I yeah I don't know how they can feel good about themselves doing that and not supporting the design community I mean obviously they know that design has a value otherwise they wouldn't be wanting someone to create this design for them so then why can't they pay for it Also, the types of designers who are going to apply for these competitions, I think, are not the professionals who do this for a living and have gotten good at their craft over the years, you know, because they do need to spend their time actually earning money. The people who apply for design competitions are more likely to be the type who think, eh, well, I don't have anything else to do anyway, might as well try. Whereas in that case, I think if you're in that situation and thinking about applying for a design competition because you're tempted by the exposure, etc., and don't really care if you get paid or not, perhaps you're just starting out, perhaps you're still in school, you know, I would say put that time and effort into a side project, create something of your own that you can then talk about the process of and put out there and start building a name for yourself more so than being one of you know, tens or hundreds of other entries into a design competition where if you do get exposure from it it's going to be your logo shown alongside a bunch of others it's not going to be pulled out for a feature or something unless you win so it's better to 
have the chance to explain your process that's going to make you look better in the long run and it's going to help bring other clients in. So put your time towards that and don't be tempted by these competitions just because you don't mind if you don't get paid or not. You just want the experience. Make your own experience, please. I like that. I, I especially like what you said about putting the time and effort into a side project. I think that's so much more valuable. And, you know, I don't want to bring my university down, but I remember when I was studying, uh, they quite often would put up postings of like these design competitions and stuff for students to enter. And I just remember thinking like, how dare you? Like, here we are as struggling students paying a lot of money to learn design and here you are promoting these projects, uh, sorry, these competitions for us to do like essentially for free. And I was like, how does that make sense? Like here you are training us to be professional designers and you're telling us to go and work for free. Like I just yeah. found it so insulting at the time. I I had that too. I think I remember seeing those job listings come through on the emails and I had the same thoughts and I thought it was strange that they were perpetuating that that was a normal thing to do because I think the only way that as designers you know we struggle with being paid fairly for what we do we struggle to get clients to understand the value of design sometimes and that good design does cost a lot of money because there's a lot of time and effort and training that goes into it and I don't just mean formal training you know even if you are a self-starter and you've taught yourself that's still training that you've done and I think that the more designers enter these competitions and use these freelancing sites to bid for projects, the more clients are going to think that that's how the process works. We are training them that way. And I don't mm -hmm. mean me and you, I mean, we as a whole, as designers who are using these sites, we're training them that that's how it works. And so of course they're going to think that. And of course they're going to think that that's how they can get a good design because why not? This is a hugely successful site. If it says I can get a logo for $5, I can get a logo for $5. And that makes the thousands of dollars logo that they might get quoted for from a professional freelancer, a professional designer, seems outrageous once they've seen yeah, that. Exactly. And I think that all comes down to like how we've been educated. Like if yep. we can teach the design students in design school right now how to value and price their work, which we've talked about recently on an episode, like doesn't get taught at design school, uh, but if we could do that and teach and empower and encourage those design students to value their work, how they should be valued and price accordingly, then if everyone did that, then those sites would go away. So I think the power at the moment lies in the future designers and the design students to, you know, learn how to price their work, value their work and be empowered to, you know, be confident to price that way and not rely on those sites. Totally. This is the exact same situation as we talked about in our Should You Work For Free episode, which will be linked in the show notes if you haven't listened to that one yet. I quite like that episode. It's only us who can change this perception that people have, you know. We need to stop working for free. We need to stop. We need to encourage others to stop working for free. And it's the same with these sites. We need to encourage others to not use them. So I guess that's why we're doing this episode, right, Fem? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And the advice that I'd give to anyone who may be tempted to, you know, try these sites because the experience looks good and they want a project to work on, I would recommend just like what you suggested is to put that time, effort and energy into a side project. Don't get caught up in those bidding sites. Put that effort into creating and crafting your own thing. 
and people are going to take notice and respect you a whole lot more for that. Yeah, like the CV layout I did in that, you know, vectorizing a logo project I did, they're not ever going to go in my portfolio and they shouldn't go in anyone's portfolio because they weren't full projects where, you know, we had a good back and forth with the client and I was able to understand their problem and then come up with a good solution for it. I was just use, operating the computer for them, basically, and doing what they asked. So like I said, we ran that poll on Twitter and 42% of people said they have used those freelancing sites before. And we wanted to know about their experience with them and I really liked what Borja had to share. He said that he used one of those sites once and wouldn't do it again. He used it because he was just starting out and in the end his first client came actually from Facebook and not from those sites. So it sounds like that was someone reaching out to him because they respected him personally as a designer rather than uh, you know, being one of many bidding for the projects, which is a good way to go about getting clients. And I asked him why he wouldn't do it again. He said that they wanted me to pay in order to get noticed by potential clients, and I'm not willing to pay for that. I pay for a domain, I pay for an Adobe subscription, that should be enough. I want to get paid for my job, not pay to work, which makes total sense. If there's a freelancing site that's saying you need to pay to sign up in order to get projects to come in, I just think that's not good at all. That That's shady. That's very I didn't shady. even know that that was a thing. I thought the clients, like paid or like a percentage of the project fee goes to the like software yeah it seems like Borja's come across one that wanted you to pay to have a profile or something I'm assuming uh, that then clients would see your profile from that perhaps you have to pay to promote yourself or something you know yeah that just seems shady there's other ways to go about getting clients and I'm very glad that Borja realized that Mike said that he took part in competitions when he didn't know any better but now, after school and working, he knows the real value of design. And I found this interesting. So I asked him, you know, would you say that design competitions don't value design? And he said, definitely. They may have good intentions, but in the end, they're using multiple designers to get free quality work. So designers can waste a lot of time and effort in contests, and they typically gain no value from them. Would you agree with that, Charlie? Yeah, I would agree with that. I know that there are some designers out there who have been doing these competitions for a long time and sort of know how to game the system and get their logo picked. For them, it can be very lucrative, these design competitions, because you can do a quick logo because, I mean, Mike said quality work, but I don't personally, like we've talked about, believe that logos that come out of a single you know, paragraph from a client in one of the competition briefs I don't believe their quality because I don't believe they can really be answering the problem. But these designers who do this a lot have gotten very good at it and they know how to get their logo picked so they can have a very good success rate. So it's worth it for them. But for every designer who's doing that, there's plenty of others who are submitting logos into these competitions and not getting anything for their time or maybe getting one out of every 10 that they submit for. And yeah. when you work that out, that's, yeah, that's not a good hourly rate. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Uh, Krista said, I don't compete for freelance jobs. I didn't like that part of working for an agency. It felt like quality was compromised, and I totally agree. And interesting that she's brought up agency in this, isn't it? Yeah, I think, well, from what I hear, that it's quite common for agencies to do spec work and not necessarily bid price-wise on a project, but, you know, pitch the client 
while the client's getting these pitches from multiple agencies and then, you know, eventually the client will choose the best concept or whatever. Yeah, I think it's the same sort of process in a way. With agencies, I think they do get to have more back and forth with the client and they do get to like tailor their pitch a lot more than on these bidding sites. And I'm assuming with agencies, it is more about the ideas they have and the work they have to offer than it is about the price as such for clients going that route. But the general idea of a bunch of designers putting in their pitch, whether it be ideas, price, whatever, and then the client picking which one they like is not as good a process, I don't think, as the client coming to a designer that they really respect and think will be able to help them with their specific niche problem that they have. I just think that's overall a better way for the design process to work. Yeah, and I think if you're pitching clients' ideas and knowing that you know there are other designers pitching for the same thing, then like you're going to feel like you have to spend more time and effort on like perfecting the pitch rather than actually, you know, coming up with a good design solution that actually solves the problem that, that you're supposed to solve. And so I don't know if that's the best like time and resource and energy to, to spend on. Yeah, I agree. Totally. That's just not a good use of anyone's time. Kevin said, uh, no, I've not used those sites because if you don't value your own work, why should anybody else do? I like that a lot. That's very true. Yeah, and and I think that's a pretty good assumption to make is that if, you know, or those people that are on those sites obviously don't value their work and, and neither do the clients really. So why would you want to be in that environment? Yeah, and it's up to you to, to not do that. Don't feel the pressure, I don't think, to use these sites. Even if your peers are, perhaps, you can be the one to go against that. Put your efforts into the content and work you're putting out there, your personal projects. You might not be earning the, you know, hundred bucks here and there that they are from bidding in these projects, but eventually you'll be able to earn much more than them because you will have built up your reputation, I think. Totally agree. So I recently saw a video by our friend Brent, who we've brought up multiple times on this podcast. Uh, He has a YouTube channel where he talks about design and his recent video was exactly this topic about why he doesn't use freelance websites and it's quite a good video because he brings in his own experience he's actually used them before quite a few times and so it's quite a good video to watch if you want to hear firsthand from someone who has quite a bit of experience with these sites so I'll link that in the show notes and uh, encourage everyone to go and check out that video and you can find the show notes at designlife.fm slash episode 42 And we'd love for you to participate on Twitter, as always, and you can find us at DesignLifeFM. We usually run a poll most weeks now, so we'd love for you to participate in that and also share any thoughts or ideas that you have on our future topics. Yeah, this is one of my favorite parts of our show, as I've said many times before, is getting feedback in and hearing thoughts from other people, because... Me and you are not the experts on any of these topics we're talking about, right, Fem? It's all yeah. just how how we're managing them. So it's good to hear from other people as well. And we like to be able to bring that into the show. And I think it all adds to the topics. Yeah. So thank you to anyone who participates. Also want to say a big thank you to anyone who has gone on over to iTunes, which is also linked in the show notes, and left us a positive rating and review for our show because it really does help get 
design life out there. So thank you for doing that. And if you haven't done it yet, please head on over and do so. We'd really appreciate it. See you in episode 43. See you next week. Bye. Bye.